going to be talking about the fundies. How many of you know what a fundy is? Right? The only person I know in here that knows what a fundy is, that would be Austin. Right? Well, maybe Jordan. Because uh, we, we found out what a fundy is. A fundy is a fundamental. Right? He, Austin is doing a, a great message on Wednesday Night Dive talking about the fundamentals uh, of our, our Christianity. And uh, you wanna, I encourage you to be here for that. But he titled it Fundy. So I'm taking your title right now. And that's not my title, though. But I'm just, I'm just stealing from him there. You know, when you put it out there, it's for anybody. Right? right. Glory to God. <laughs> But what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the fundamentals of prayer. And I actually titled this The Art of Prayer. Now, when it comes to prayer, most everybody thinks they know how to pray, right? And here again, I'm going to, I'm going to reference some things and I'm going to talk about some things. And here again, it's not to bring condemnation. It's not to point a finger at anybody. Because I don't know whether you know how to pray or not, right? But I need to make you aware of an area where you may need to make an adjustment, Right? Because if, if, if you're not seeing the answers to your prayers, then there's a problem. Right? Because most people will, say, will tell you, well, I know how to pray. You know, it's just you're just talking to God. Well, that, that's somewhat true. But there's a proper way to be prayer, praying. And understanding prayer is a big, 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 big subject. And this is why this is going to be a series for sure. But when you think about Praying, most people, you know, they're, they're either they're either all on one uh, far end of the spectrum where they think praying is just where you're just crying out to God, crying tears and begging and wailing and wallowing and rolling and all of that, and then and, and they're they're doing all of that and they're calling that prayer, okay, which that's not prayer. Right, we'll get to that here in just a minute. But then you have other people on the other end of the spectrum where where they're all the way over here and they're just standing without moving, without barely breathing, and they're chanting something. Maybe they've memorized a prayer from childhood and they just chant that week after week after week, and they call that prayer. All right, there again, that's not prayer, and we'll get into that. We may not get into that today, but we'll we'll get into that for next week for sure. But listen. The point is, is, is people are all over the spectrum on that. And you may be thinking, well, pastor, how can you say that? Well, just ask yourself the last five prayers that you went to God with. Now, ask yourself again, how many of those did you see answered? Right? Now, don't answer that, but just ask yourself. Now, I hope you saw all five of them answered. But if you didn't see any of those answered, all right, or if you missed some of them, or maybe you only saw one, guys, something's wrong. Because we know God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't ever change. And in this equation, if he doesn't change, and we're not seeing our prayers being answered, who's got to change? We do, right? We've got to make the adjustment. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, right? And understanding the fundamentals of prayer. And a matter of fact, Paul knew this Holy Spirit through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He touched on this in Romans 8, 26. Where Paul tells us, he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Aren't you happy for the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. But what Paul was saying right there, you know, we hear that word infirmities. Most people think that automatically means sickness. And that does not mean sickness right there. What that means is weakness. And he goes on to say, what is our weakness? Well, he says it right there. We know not what we should pray for as we ought to. Right? What's he saying? He's saying we ought to know some things about prayer. 
right? How many of you know we ought to know some things? About, if we're going to call ourselves Christians, and when I, when I show you the importance of prayer here in a minute, you're going to understand why we should be praying, right? We should be praying. Everybody say, I should be praying. You should. And when I, I'm going to give you a statistics later on about how many people actually pray. Now, you guys know whether you pray or not. And what I want to make sure is that when we get through with this series, you know how to pray. And you're doing it correctly. You're doing it in line with the Word. And you're doing it by faith. And you're seeing results. Because that's important. That's how you're going to accomplish what God has created you to accomplish here in this earth. Amen? So we ought to know some things about prayer. All right? We're all smart. So we should know some things, and we should, don't be uh, uh, prideful and proud to the point where you think you know everything. Be humble and be willing to adjust if you need to adjust, because we all have to make adjustments in our life. And you got to understand, to start with, what, that prayer is important, but you got to understand what prayer really is, all right? Prayer, because prayer isn't just spouting words off into the air, and it's not just a simple conversation with God, all right? Now, there, there, some of that is true, Right, but there's more to it. Prayer is prayer is when you when you when you understand what God is doing in the earth, and then you're, you you join forces with God, and then you're fellowshipping with Him, and ultimately, what prayer is is you're praying out God's will in the earth. Amen. This is very important. You're going to really want to pay attention today because there's just no really simple way to put this, and I've really worked hard at, at bringing this point. Uh, is simplifying this point, right, without having to spend a month up here teaching this. So really pay attention today. This is very important, right? And you got to understand something about prayer, and you understand about what God is doing in the earth and why prayer is important. Because there used to be a, there, there used to be a theologian, some of you may know him, his name's John Wesley, all right? Most of you probably don't. He is very this, he, was a, he was an English theologian. I'm going to get into a little bit of history here, and you can probably care less, but this is important. He, he was from the 1800s, and John Wesley was brilliant. And he is best known for the Methodist revival, right? Because of his teaching, the Methodist movement all right, came out of that, all right? And, 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 and John Wesley, he taught on this, and he, and he, he actually he developed all of this. And, and he was actually a part of the Methodist movement for quite some time until man got too involved in the Methodist religion. Come on, religion's a dangerous thing. Because, see, man got involved with it, and man got involved with it and started creating a list of rules. And John Wesley says, hey, wait a minute, that's not what God wants. God doesn't want denominations. God wants people to love one another. Now, he's a master theologian of his day, and he was very brilliant, and he started this movement, but man got involved and said, wait a minute, we're kicking you to the side, and we, we, we know what's best. We know what the people can learn, what they can't learn, what they need to learn, what they don't need to learn. They need to follow structure. They need to follow these rules. And John Wesley says, no. No, God wants us to love one another, wants us to, to help one another, wants us to come together as a unified body. That's why it's called the body of Christ, not the body of denominations, right? But yet religion has come in, and I'm getting a little bit off, off subject here, but a religion has come in and drove wedges between the body of Christ, right? See, Christianity is not about a religion or a denomination. Religion, uh, Christianity is about 
a relationship between you and God. You desiring what God wants in the earth, understanding what God is doing in the earth, what the whole process of why he created you and why he, he sent his son. And it's about that relationship. But see, too often we get hung up on religion. And that's where a lot of people get off in prayer because of religion. Well, my denomination prays like this, and this is what I pray week after week, and this is all I'm going to do. But anyway, John Wesley knew there was more. And he actually left the Methodist movement, and guess what? That's where the Pentecostal movement came from, right? John Wesley said, no. That's, why that's where the non-denominational movement came from, which is what we are, which is where he says, I want to be a denomination that teaches the truth of the word, 100% of the word. You can do what it says it's, you can do. You can have what it says you can have, and glory to God, and so that we can be a unified body to reach the earth. All right? And I gave you that little bit of history right there so you'll understand that John Wesley was very important, very significant, and he was very in tune to God, and he, he, he was a great man of God for his day, but he made a statement that is so true, but yet it caught a lot of controversy, right? And, this is, and, and he made this statement, because you understand that in the body of Christ, there's a lot of people that believe that God is in control of everything in this earth, all right? Listen to me now, it's very important. You've got to understand this because this, uh, this, this explains why our prayers are important. God is not in complete control of this earth. All right, what? listen to me now, it's very important. And John Wesley, he knew that. And he made this statement, he said, God is limited by our prayers. In other words, God can do nothing in this earth unless someone asks him to do it. All right? When you study this out, and, and I'm going to show you, you understand that he's right. God's not controlling everything in this earth. You can clearly see what's happening in this earth and what's going on on this earth. God is not, in, if God was in complete control, he's got it backwards. He's got some things wrong. I had, had a very dear friend of mine. He was, he, he was a, a Vietnam veteran when I worked for a company, and he was old enough to be my dad. And, but he liked me, and, and war had made him very hard, okay? Made him very hard. He was a hard man. If he didn't like you, he'd just cuss you out, you know? But he liked me, so he didn't cuss me out, you know? And I kind of looked up to him, but I got saved, and I went to him, and he said, listen, I don't want to hear this God stuff. He said, I don't want, and I said, well, please explain to me why. You know, because I was genuinely concerned, because I cared about this guy. And he said, well, let me tell you something. He said, well, I was raised my entire life in a church where that pastor told me week after week, God was in control of everything that happens. God was in control. A lot of us have heard this. A lot of us have heard this over and over. And he said, I'm going to tell you something. If God was in control and what I saw on those grounds in Vietnam, my friends blown to pieces, people I didn't know blown. He said, if that's God controlling that and if he's in control of everything, he's missed the mark and I'm not going to serve him. Amen. But this is what he was, this is what he was seeing, right? He was seeing this. And, and, it, and it kind of touched my heart. It made, me, it, made me, it made me study this out some more. Amen. But you got to understand something. God is not controlling everything in this earth. Now, why would you say that? Well, we got to go all the way back to the beginning. And you got to, I'm just going to paraphrase and give you a short little uh, snippet of what God is doing in the earth. Right? Because God created the earth, right? He created the earth, 
and the heavens. And then, and then he, he, he created the earth. And what he was doing when he created the earth was he was establishing his kingdom. Right? He had his kingdom in heaven where he reigned as king. In heaven. Now he's establishing his kingdom on the earth when he created the earth. Now he needed someone to to reign as king over the earth. Now this is where man comes into the equation. He created man, he created Adam, he created Eve, Eve, right? And what did he do? In verse 28 of Genesis. He gave them dominion. It says, God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over every fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So essentially put, when he, when he created the heavens and the earth, God was reigning as king in the heavens and he created earth and he created man and gave man dominion. So now man, essentially Adam became the God of the earth. Okay. You with me, right? All right. So now I, I, you've probably heard me say this, but it, it, oh, this sounds so elementary, but you'll be surprised how many people don't know this, right? And, and this is so important. But now, Adam had dominion, Eve had dominion, all right? But they didn't keep the dominion, right? Because this is when, of course, Satan came on the scene, and Satan misled them, and then Adam and Eve disobeyed God. You can blame whoever you want. The simple truth is, they disobeyed God, and we call that just, they they committed high treason, and by disobeying God, they sold out their dominion to Satan, all right? It's very important. Listen to me now. And when that happened, who became king? Who became God? Who became the ruler of this earth? Satan. That's when evil came in. That's when sin came in. That's when death, destruction, everything that tears apart came into the earth. Right there. That's when when Adam sold out his dominion to Satan on the earth. Right? 2 Corinthians 4.4 tells us that Satan is the god of this earth. Right? And he, he did all of that because, and you got to remember something. People always say, well, why didn't God just take control over Satan and just kick him out? Well, you got to remember, God is a just God, right? He is a just God. God can't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he had done that, now that would now make him an unjust God. But you know, we serve a God that is extremely intelligent and smart doesn't even touch the, 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 the brilliance of, of our God, right? But it's a, it's a word that we know to use. He's, a, he's intelligent. And so, and so it, God says, I can't be unjust, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of this. And he created a solution, and it was called salvation. In other words, he came up with a plan. He said, I'm going I'm I'm to cut covenant with these people. And that's why we are under a new and better covenant, in the New Testament because of Jesus. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create this plan and I'm going to send somebody to sign this into effect that Satan has no dominion over, which was Jesus. Now, Jesus comes on the scene to be that perfect living sacrifice, to be that perfect, uh, uh, markless sacrifice for each and every one of us, which Satan had no dominion over that. 
And as a result, he could be the perfect sacrifice for us, go all the way to the end, die, bury, be rose again, and sit at the right hand of the Father. And because Satan had no dominion over Jesus, God was able to restore man back to his rightful place of dominion in the kingdom which God was establishing on earth Come on, stick with me now. It's very important. And as a result, through all of that, he was able to redeem us, restore us, and we now have a new covenant, right? And you got to remember something. A covenant's not something to take lightly. When you have a blood covenant signed into effect by the shed blood, which was exactly what happened with Jesus and the blood that he shed, now you have benefits, you have promises that are yours as you walk this earth, glory to God, and you access those through your prayers, right? Through those prayers. Now, the, now this, isn't, this isn't it, so, so, so stick with me. God is not ruling on the earth right now. He's not. Satan is the God of this earth, right? But yet we have a new covenant. And a new covenant, he made a way way for us to to gain the promises of God, right? And that was through the the, the process of salvation. When you accept Jesus, those promises become yours and you can access that through your faith and through your prayer, right? So, so, It's easy for us to look at what's going on in the world and say that God's will isn't being done in the earth because he's not reigning as king on the earth. Right, and when you and you see that with all the violence, all the death, all of the destruction, all of that's going on. I mean, that's why, guys. That that, that's why in the Lord's prayer, most everybody knows the Lord's prayer, but Luke. 11.2, 11.2, most of you know this by heart, he said, Jesus said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed or holy be thy name, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in the earth. God, Jesus will say, would you pray, pray that God's will in heaven is done on the earth just like it is in, in, in heaven. That's what he was wanting us to pray. Guys, if God was in complete control of everything, there would have been no reason for him to ask us to pray that his will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. Amen. You got to say, he is not, you got to remind yourself of what God was doing. He was establishing his kingdom on the earth as it is in heaven. On the earth as it is in heaven. Now, God's not ruling on the earth right now. Now, this is a short time. We're in a dispensation of grace. This is for a short season. It's short to God. It's a long season for us, right? There is coming a day, really soon, glory to God, where God, this will all be turned over and it will all change hands and we'll all be walking in the glory of God. Amen. But as of right now, he's not ruling. And he's limited to what happens on this earth depending off of our prayers. And his will is not being done on this earth. I mean, if God was in control of everything and his will was being done, there wouldn't be any death. Second Peter 3.9 tells us that God, his will is that no one should perish, but yet everyone come to the repentance of God. Amen. And so you got to remember, God is establishing his kingdom, and you got to understand something. The way he's going to establish his kingdom is where he, in the way that he rules, is through the men of the earth, right? He's not reigning on the earth yet, but he is going to establish the kingdom through the men on the earth that accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, right? Because you got to think about kingdom. Think about that word for a minute. 
kingdom. Now, a kingdom would be uh, king's dom. King dominion would dom would be dominion. Okay, so dominion would be that that realm in which God rules. Okay, He's the King in heaven. And he has dominion in heaven. And so where he rules in heaven, guess what? It's all good, right? It is all good. There is, there, there is there's no sickness, there's no problems, there's none of that, right? And so the kingdom of God is where he rules. And we just read that Satan is the ruler of this world. So how is he going to rule on this earth? Through us. The only way God can rule in this earth is through the people who accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and yield to Him. You want to know why the world's in the condition that it's in? People aren't getting revelation of this. People are not getting revelation of this. God, His hands are tied. He cannot move in this earth unless we are praying to Him. We are asking Him. We are doing what what Jesus is telling us to do. Right? And we'll get into that more here in just a second. But that's how God is going to rule. Right? And, we, and you cannot deny that the majority of this world is being ruled by Satan. Just look at the violence. Look at the destruction. Look at the death. Look at the hunger. Look at all of these great things. But let me tell you something. There's good news. There's good news. Because how many of you read the book of Revelations? Don't raise your hand. I've read the book of Revelations. Right? And according to the book of Revelations, that, in, that, 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 that things are coming to change. And, and, and according to that book, in heaven where God is king and where he is reigning and where he is ruling, come on, there's no death, there's no pain, there's no suffering, there's no hunger, there's no violence, there's none of, none of that. We're talking about in heaven right here. And this is the good news. Now, why is that the case? It's because God is ruling there as king. He's ruling there. Amen. And so what Jesus was telling us to do is right there. He, he, what he's telling us to do, he's praying that the way that God is in control in heaven would become the way that he is in control in this earth. And he's only going to do that through people who believe people who receive, and people who yield to God. Glory to God. Guys, if, if God was already in control of everything on earth, there wouldn't be any need for us to pray. I mean, think about it. If God was in control, I mean, he would just force salvation on everyone and just, let's get this ball going. But see, we're in a dispensation of grace and a dispensation of, uh, of free will and, and your, your right to choose good or evil. Right? You can choose good and choose God, or you can go home and choose evil and choose the, the ways of the world and the ways of the enemy and the ways of Satan. It's up to you. He's not going to force you because he's a God of love. He wants you to love and desire what he wants because he loves and desires you. That's all he wants. It's not, it's not, not difficult. Glory to God. Amen. And listen, if you want things to change in your life, and you want things to change in your city, you want things to change in your school, you want things to change in your family, you want things to change in your job? You want things to change anywhere in this world? Start praying. Pray. You know, why do we have corporate prayer? Some of the things we pray about, people are like, why are you praying for that? Because God needs a faithful, believing subject to pray so that he now has an avenue and an open door to begin to work in that situation because he's not reigning and ruling in the king, uh, I mean, in this, his kingdom on earth yet. He does that through us. 
But yet people wonder why the world is the way it is. We're not praying. We're not praying, guys. And, and you know, I was talking with a minister last week about this, and he was like, I was, he was like, he said, yeah, we started doing corporate prayer. I said, yeah, we did that last year. And he said, man, he said, he said, I've got 400 and I think 17 members in his church. I said, how many showed up for corporate prayer? He said, three. Three. He said, I got, I'm going to have to teach on prayer. He said, people don't, haven't prioritized prayer. They're not understanding the importance of prayer and understanding that God is limited in this earth to what we allow him to do or what we give him access to do through our prayer. Amen. It's very important. Guys. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit gives you revelation on this, right? Because according to Googleologists, 55% of people pray, right? 55%. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. And if, and if God is limited by our prayers, we're in trouble. Because even if those 55% are praying, then you got to ask, are they, pray, are they praying correctly? Do they, do they know how to pray? And we'll get to that more here in just a second, right? Because it's very important. Say, say, say you've only got a quarter of that that really know how to pray. Now, if you know how to pray, then you're walking in the fullness of God. You're walking in joy. You're seeing his prayers get answered in your life. You're seeing things and, and you're seeing answers to your prayers and, and they're happening fast, Right? Because you understand this. You understand that God is reestablishing his kingdom. He needs us. He needs each and every one of us. He needs us to be praying so that he can work. Glory to God. Amen. He needs that. All right? And you got to understand that. And it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. We'll talk more about that here in just a second. But you got to make sure your heart is in line with what God wants on this earth. See, we have a lot of people in this earth that are just selfish. And that's our nature. But more, a lot of people in this earth, we just want what we want. And, and when we view God like he's the handyman ATM up there that just, hey, fix this. Fix this. But yet we don't have a heart for what he wants. Come on, it's very important. Where's your heart? Do you need to adjust? I mean, I know this isn't a run around the room, jump exciting message, but this is very important. Where's your heart? Do you desire that God's will be done in this earth? Is that what you want to see first, or do you just want to see God bless you with a new car? See, where are your prayers at? Because if your heart's not right, we'll talk about that here in just a second, man, then you're not getting any of your prayers answered. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. It's just a, that's just a straight-up truth, right? Because God will not hear those that do not have the correct heart. Now, now prayer, like I have to say, this is a huge subject. And, and so the first thing that you need to understand is that your prayers are important. They're important because God is limited to what he can do in this earth because he needs us. He needs our prayers to work, right? Because you need here, we need our prayers to access our covenant promises that was given to us through the sacrifice of Jesus dying on that cross. You only access that through your prayers. You want to access your healing? You access it with your prayers, glory to God, and then you continue to walk it out with your faith and your confession, right? Glory to God. That's how you do that, right? So, but now when you go on through, and you, now that once you understand how important you are to the, to the whole big picture of things, because that should give you a whole new revelation of just how important you are. I mean, good night. If God needs our prayers, don't, no, don't take that lightly. When you get up in the morning or in the evening or whenever, you should be praying. And that leads me into the next thing that you need to know about praying. We need to be praying a lot. 
So, Because a reoccurring theme that when you study this throughout Scripture is Scripture tells us to pray. And if, he's, and if they're telling us to pray, we need to be praying. And ultimately, guys, Jesus left us and showed us the greatest example. Because you can see over there repeatedly, over and over, he was praying. And that praying was, it was serious. Right? Because when he went off to pray, the disciples didn't bother him. And sometimes he would pray for days. Why? Because it was important. God needed the prayers. He was showing us what to do. And we see that 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6.18, Praying always with a heart, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. And I love this one. Luke 18.1. And it says, he spoke up and talk about Jesus. He spoke a parable unto them to, to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now it's interesting that word faint right there. I love it out of, and if we read the Amplified, it gives you the definition. It says, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, <laughs> faint, lose heart, and give up. Now it's interesting if you read that, what he's saying right there is that uh, the coward's way out is to give up. In other words, when you're going through situations and you're going through life and just the, the craziness of this broken world and you're dealing with situations and you go to God in prayer and, and you don't see an immediate answer and, and you've got to walk this thing out by faith and, and, and the easiest thing to do is to take the coward's way out and give up, walk away, right? But Jesus says you need to faint. I mean, you need to pray so that you don't that you don't give up, you don't faint, right, amen? Listen, prayer's very valuable. We need to up that percentage from 55%, amen? It's valuable, God needs it, come on, and we should be doing it all the time, but we should be doing it correctly because there's a difference in just spouting words off into the air because that, and that's what most people do. They go to God, first thing in their situation, oh, God help me, oh, God. And then they spend an hour just telling God what's going on. Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. Come on, you need to make sure. There's a difference in just spouting words off and an effective prayer that actually gets results. Now, how many want results in your prayer life, right? Every one of us do. Come on, this is very, <laughs> this is key to a lot of the problems in this world not getting taken care of. It's not that God is a mean God and doesn't want this to, to work, doesn't want, wants people to suffer. No, God is a God of love, but he set up a system. We talk about it all the time, his procedures and his word, and when you break it down and you understand it, there are things we need to do that, that to allow God to come into the earth to work, and that is our prayer. Amen. And Jesus told us about it. He actually told us how to do this. And we're going to look at that really quick. And that we're going to see this in the Lord's Prayer. Now I'm going to read Matthew's, I like Matthew's account a little better. And that is chapter 6 and we'll begin in verse 5. But let me go ahead and just say this about the Lord's Prayer. And this kind of goes back to what I talked about last week about becoming desensitized to the Word. Now I think most people can, can, can quote that prayer word for word. 
We've heard it so many times. We've heard it at events. We've heard it at, at you name it. We've heard it. And that's, I was watching a, a documentary. Um, I like, you guys know I like documentaries. And I, I was watching a documentary on an airplane crash. And they were showing how it worked and, 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 and this, that, and other. And this, someone had a, a video, a phone, as they were videoing it as they, as they were going down. And, and, and there were people in there immediately within the group. And they were all praying, but they were praying the Lord's Prayer. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the point is, is this was a very diverse group of people, but they all yet went to that prayer. You know, the point is, is we've heard it so much that sometimes we can become desensitized to understanding what Jesus was doing right here in this chapter. He was, what he was doing in this chapter was he was teaching us how not to pray. We'll see that here in just a second. And then he was teaching us how to pray. And he was teaching us that if you read this whole chapter, now I know a lot of people take one verse here, one verse there, one verse, and I've done that to show this and show that. But when you study and, and rightly divide the entire chapter, he was teaching us all of that to get us down to verse 33, which tells us, Come on, then, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added to you. And what he's talking about, those things that are added, is your provision to do what it is that God's called you to do. That's why we most of us pray, right? We want things to change. We need provision or we want a change in someone's life. Amen? But don't take this prayer as just a religious chant. Don't take it as, as, don't disregard the power. Don't disregard what Jesus was teaching you here because I'm going to tell you something. If you get this down, you'll start seeing the results and answers to your prayers, right? So let's go to verse 5. Everybody still, everybody okay? Everybody with me, right? This is, this is very important. I know it's a little deep. You know, we, we've only taught on this really deep. Uh, one time, Michelle did a great job on Wednesday night, and I believe that podcast is up uh, teaching on this now. Uh, she did a, what was it, like six weeks? Something on prayer. So, it's, you know, but not everybody can come on Wednesday night, and I understand that. But, and, and this is a little, we try to keep Sunday mornings a little more evangelistic, you know, because, you know, you get a, such a diverse group. But you can go back and listen to that either. But Jesus showed us how to do this. And, it, and you say, well, do I, uh, the biggest thing you need to understand is that we all need to learn. We all need to adjust. Because if we didn't need to adjust, guys, there would be a lot of things that would not be happening in this earth. Amen? A lot of things that would be taken care of through prayer. All right, so let's go. And starting in verse 5, and I'm going to read it out of the King James. And listen, if you read King James, I like King James because it hasn't been paraphrased to the point to where it takes out the meat of the word, okay? And if you ever read your King James, take the thou's out and all of that, you know, it's, and, 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 and you'll be able to read it a little easier. So beginning in verse 5, Jesus says, When you pray, pray not as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So we stop right there. First thing that you need to get is Jesus is telling us right off the bat what not to do. So when you get ready to pray and when you get ready to go to God, and, and, and you've got to understand that, that, that you don't just pray like the people off of the streets do. Right? In other words, a lot of times when it comes to prayer, people put on these facades. These phony facades. They feel like they've got to get before God in their house and they've got to, 
kneel or they got to get on the roof. They got to stand on one foot and they got to say thee, thou, this, that, and other. They got to speak a certain language. Listen, guys, the last thing you need or the first thing you need to settle in your life is between you and God is your relationship is you got to be real with him. 100% real. All the phoniness, kick, get rid of it. When you pray, you talk to him. Talk just like he who talk. Because I'm going to tell you something. He knows how you talk. He hears you the rest of the week when you're not at church, when you're talking. Amen? Just saying. Glory to God. Listen, he just wants you to be real. Guys, God wants a sincere relationship with you. He wants you to love him as much as he loves you because he loves us in a very unworthy state. And it just amazes me how he loves us and and to the extent that he loves us. And he just wants us to desire him just as, as God desires us, right? And he wants us to be real. So the first thing you need to do when you get ready to pray and you get ready to go before God is you've got to be real. Be sincere. Get rid of the phoniness. Don't try to quote scriptures, this, that, and other. Talk to God. Be honest. Be honest. That's the first thing you need to do. And we go on to verse 6. It says, but when you pray, enter into your closet. And when you have shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret shall reward them will reward you openly. Now, the only thing we can get out of this is that, you know, we like to preach that God wants you blessed and he wants you, uh, he wants to provide for you. He wants you blessed to be a blessing. Well, according to Jesus right there, if you're going to pray to God, you need a house. Just saying, you need a house. You don't need a tent. You don't need a cardboard box. You need a house. And it needs to be a pretty good sized house because you need a prayer closet. And not just a closet that you can open the door and hang clothes in. You need a closet you can go in and shut the door. You need to be able to, it needs to be a big house, right? Amen. Just throwing that one out there. You can take it however you want. But I mean, just, these are the words of Jesus right here. <laughs> go on, verse 7. But when you pray, this is such a big one, guys. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. All right, what is he, what's he talking about right there? Vain repetitions is just repeating something over and over and over and calling it prayer. And this is for those people that, that get up in, the, in their church or get before people and they, they, they memorize a, a prayer and then they start to chant the prayer and they start to pray the prayer and they, they get loud, they get quiet, they, get, they do whatever, and they're doing all of this to get attention, right? They want to draw attention. I'm the holy man of prayer here, blah, 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 blah. Jesus says, do not do that. Do not use vain repetitions and call it prayer. Don't do that. You be real with him. You're having a conversation with the God Almighty, the creator, the one that created you, that gifted you the way that he made you, gave you those dreams and those talents to accomplish it. All of these great things. Love him because of that, but love what he, and desire what he is trying to accomplish, which is reestablish his kingdom on the earth. Amen. Glory to God. But do not use vain repetitions. You know, a lot of people get hung up on that. I just don't know how to pray, Pastor. When you pray, it's just a conversation between you and God. Be real. Be honest. Speak from your heart, but most importantly, seek what He wants in the situation. Have you ever gone to God and just asked Him, what do you want in this situation? And listen, as you learn to do this, this develops your relationship, and then you become in tune to hearing Him. 
You're not listening for an audible voice, but you're hearing that, that inward witness, that, that we call it your conscience, that unction on the inside that either tells you do or don't do something. This is how you sense God speaking to you. Amen. Now, don't go chasing around after audible voices. You'll get an audible voice, all right, but he'll be coming from the wrong person. Amen. All right, keep reading here. And Jesus goes on, he says, he says, be not ye therefore like unto them, for the Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. All right, stop right here. And let me go ahead and tell you, when you're praying and you go to God in prayer, you're not informing him. All right, you're not, <laughs> is he all knowing or is he all knowing? You're not informing him, right? Stop going to God for the first 30 minutes, wailing and crying and begging and telling him your situation because that's not faith. And we're called to live by faith. And we're, Hebrews 4, 16 tells us that we are to go to the throne room of grace boldly Come on, boldly. Now, if you're going to go boldly, you're not going to go to God in crying and in begging and in tears and all frustrated, all of that. No, because if you go to him with a heart of faith, which we're called to live by, then you are already convinced on the inside of your heart that we're getting through this. Everything's going to be okay. I'm just going to talk this thing out with God and we're going to ride this thing out together and I'm going to come out victorious, right? We have got to stop coming to God with an attitude of, I got to cry, I got to roll around, I got to wail, I got to scream. I mean, think about it. If you, went, if you got invited to President Biden's office to come talk about one subject in the earth that really frustrated you, really bothered you, and they opened the door and you, the desk was all right there before you, and, and it, what, what do you think he would do if he's standing there and he's the great powerhouse of this nation and you ran in and just laid on his table, go, oh my gosh, President, oh my gosh, oh, look at what's happening. He'd be looking at him like, what are you doing? Get out of here. He wouldn't want to hear a thing that you said, right? No, we got to stop doing that. God, we got to stop doing, be real, be honest, be sincere. Don't try to put on a show. Get the phony facades out of the way and just simply talk to it. Amen? All right, now, we're going on. He's told us what not to do, so now he's about to tell us what to do. Going to verse 9. It says, after you've done all of these things, in other words, after you've got your heart right, and after, you, you know, after you've done all of these things, now, I want, now, you're going to do this, okay? And it's interesting, he keeps saying through all of this, he keeps saying, when you pray, 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 when you pray. So I think Jesus is telling us what? We need to do what? Pray. Amen. All right, he goes on, he says in verse 9, he says, After this manner, therefore pray, our Father which is in heaven, hallowed or holy be thy name. All right, stop right there. When you enter into your prayer time and when you enter into a prayer, remind yourself of who you're talking to. He's not the handyman ATM up there, right? Remind you, he is the all-creative one. We don't even have words to describe his goodness and his greatness. We don't have the, we can't describe all of that. We don't even have the knowledge to actually understand completely how good and how great and how mighty he is. Remember that when you go to him reverence, 
reverence who he is. He created you. He knows what's going on. He wants to know that he, he wants you to understand that he's going to be with you through this. But as you start your prayer, reverence him. Not because it's a list of rules, but because you love him for his goodness. You love what he's done for you. You love what he provides for you. You love for all your desire him. You desire him in the earth. Glory to God. And stop, stop, stop going to him with an attitude of crying out and begging. Go to him boldly, boldly, boldly. Amen. Verse 10. Keep going. It says, this is what you should pray first. We haven't even got two. I'm praying for, oh, God, help my brother. Oh, God, feed my family. Oh, God, pay my bills. Oh, God, fix my this, fix my that. We ain't even got there yet. But the first thing that Jesus says that you pray, right, is this right here. Verse 10, it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Guys, when you go to God in prayer, make sure your heart's right. What do we mean by that? Make sure you're not just wanting something from him. People, God is not hearing people because they're coming to him just crying and screaming and just wanting something for you. Remind yourself of the relationship he created you for. Amen. So important. Glory to God. Make sure your heart is right. Your heart is right. Make sure that you are desiring that God's kingdom be established on this earth through every person, man and woman that walks this earth, glory to God, so that God can reign and rule here as he does in heaven. That's what, make sure you're wanting that same thing. That's why you need to ask God sometimes. Just talk to him. What do you want here? How can I help? What can I do? What can I go? What can I say? You need to desire what he wants first. And if you do all of that, it goes on, and that leads us into verse 11, which brings us to the provision, right? Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. And it goes on. Forgive our debts for if we talk about forgiveness as we forgive our debtors, right? Forgiveness is a big one, guys. Make sure you're not harboring unforgiveness when you go to God in prayer. We've seen that many times. I don't, have to, I don't have to go back over that, but we've seen it many times through Scripture. Forgiveness will prohibit your prayers from... Or let me say this. Unforgiveness will prohibit your prayers from being answered. Guys, Jesus was teaching us all right here. And he just taught us how. He was teaching us if you get your heart right and if you do these things and if you you do all of this, he was teaching us if you do all of this and then that brings us back down to verse 33 where it says all of these things shall be added unto you. Through this whole chapter, he's teaching you how how not to pray, how to pray and if you do these things, that everything that you need in this life and in this earth to operate in what he has called you to do will be added to you. Amen. Glory to God. There are so many people not seeing answers to their prayers simply because they've gotten their priorities a little out of balance. In other words, they, they lead their prayer with a need. Lead with a need. Right? And it's all about, I'm just trying to get my problem fixed. God's not hearing you. What's your heart? But wait a minute, do you, do you desire what God wants? 
in this earth. And if you put him first as your source and you're desiring what he wants in the earth and then you're, you're reverencing him because of who he is and you love him because the relationship you have with him through all of that and then you learn how to communicate with him and how to pray with him and just be real and don't be fake and don't try to put on airs and try to be a certain way in front of certain people. Just be who he made you to be. If you do all of these things and you keep them all in balance, then the provision you need in this life will be there. It'll be there. Glory to God. Glory to God. You got to learn to desire what God wants in the earth as he is in heaven. And the only way he's going to do that is if we pray. Right? If we pray. He needs our prayers to operate in the earth. This should give you a whole new revelation and perspective on the importance of your prayers. And when you spend time in prayer, you're frustrated by the way things are going at your job. When's the last time you prayed for your job? When's the last time you prayed for your boss? Well, he's so mean to me. Well, have you prayed for him? When's the last time you, 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 everything went really well with your, with your spouse? Don't answer that. Right? When's the last time, you know, you guys know life is hard sometimes, you know. Not between us. We're perfect, you know. All that. But, <laughs> but when's the last time you prayed? Well, my kids are just out there all over the place. They can't, they're not accomplishing, they're just causing problems. Blah, 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 blah. When's the last time you prayed for them? Not just once. Not just once. When have you prayed for them? When's the last time you've talked to God about it, the situation? Guys, you've got to learn to pray when you're working, pray when you're walking, pray when you're driving. And praying is just talking to God about the situations in your life with a sincere heart and then asking him to move. And if you don't ask him to move, then you don't give him permission to come in on your situation. And you're not accessing the covenant promises that are in God's word. And we'll get into that next week, right? Because that's, that's, that's the importance of your prayer. You're not going to access these promises that are yours as a result of the blood that Jesus shed, right, without prayer. Glory to God. All right, we'll go, I'm going to stop right here and we'll, we'll, we'll pick up next week. But guys, this is a big subject. Big, 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 big subject. And I want you to understand three big things from today. God is not in control of everything in this earth. This earth is broken. This earth is, is, is there's, a, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of people suffering and there's a lot of pain. You've going through things. I go through things. We all go through things. Glory to God. God is not in control of that. God is reigning king in heaven where it is perfect and it is it is it is it is operating smoothly and there's no pain and no suffering he wants to establish that kingdom here on this earth and he can only do that through the body of Christ as this is a biggie guys if the body of Christ will walk in the authority as the believer we talk about that all the time you have authority as a believer, but you can only walk that authority by faith, by believing, and by acting on it. Amen.